Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, the founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Networks. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Making Inspired Choices with Coach Linda. I'm your host, Linda Stevens-Jones a certified Christian life coach. It's wonderful to have you with me today. Thanks for being here. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. Just make yourself comfortable for what I call an hour of uplift and encouragement. I do this show on the first and third Tuesday of every month at 12 noon Eastern, except for holidays like the 4th of July on the first Tuesday of this month. I try to encourage you by choosing a topic you can delve into, give some uh, consideration, and even ponder after the broadcast, along with a few coaching tips and a personal guest interview. At the end of each show, I leave time for you to call in to join the conversation with your questions and comments. I'd love for you to make a regular date with me by taking down my info on the contact slide that's going on the screen. That way, you will be on the list to receive the show link and info directly before every broadcast. I want to send a big shout-out of appreciation to my last guest, Mr. Eric Twiggs, author of the excellent new book, The Discipline of Now, 12 Practical Principles to Overcome Procrastination. If you missed Eric and you deal with procrastination, he offers very tangible help. Pick up a copy of his new book or contact me for the replay link. The other option is you can go to iTunes and then type in podcast, type in the show name, Making Inspired Choices with Coach Linda, and you can download the episode there. It's number 38. And many of the other episodes are also there that you can download at no cost. And now for today's topic, being the change you want to see. You know, I hear people discuss what needs to be changed in society, in families, in the local community, in government. Actually, even in our nation, for that matter. I don't hear as often people recognizing the difference their own contributions, gifts, and talent could make to the challenges they discuss. For sure, it's a lot easier to identify the problems that exist than it is to show up and offer your skill set to be a part of making things better, right? (laughs) Well. Today, I offer the age-old perspective of Mahatma Gandhi, who said, be the change you want to see. 
I love that idea that instead of just observing and complaining about what is wrong, that you step up to offer some help. What if instead of waiting for someone else to start a fundraising effort to support programs that help disadvantaged youth to learn essential life skills or help the homeless or take time to sit with or do errands for our elderly or sick person that you know in the community, what if you step up and do it? What could be the result if you start to, if you say you're a Christian, reach out to someone who doesn't know Christ? What if you start to be the change you want to see? No, I'm not being naive. I know Everyone is very busy with work and raising families. But just think, everyone carves out a little time. If everyone carves out a little time to do something about one thing that you'd like to see changed, the positive impacts would be far-reaching. And you might inspire others around you to start being the change as well. As Theodore Roosevelt put it so eloquently long ago, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out the strong man's stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena. Think about it. What do you regularly complain about but never get involved in? What is something that you are passionate about, quote, someone doing something about, unquote? What is one area where you could take even baby steps to be of help and assistance to others? Where can you start being the change you want to see? I believe you'll find getting in the arena with your strengths and gifts, not for personal benefit, but to help others, to be tremendously rewarding. And as I said, you may also inspire someone who is watching you to get in the arena. And now, I can't wait to introduce my distinguished guest who inspired this topic, by the way. I have with me today a dynamic, amazing mother-daughter duo. I'm going to first introduce um, mom. Ms. Joanne Latimer is a Bible teacher and author. She was born and raised in Gary, Indiana, Joanne's character was molded early as she learned about Jesus at age seven. She was influenced by her mother and grandmother to share gifts of giving and serving. Joanne is the mother of five daughters, one of whom is my other guest today. Joanne has lived in Atlanta, Georgia since 1988. She has been a Sunday school teacher, prayer intercessor, 
and active in church ministries. In 1968, she volunteered in Richard Hatcher's mayoral campaign in Gary. He eventually was elected the first black mayor in a major urban city in the U.S. Her faith in God led her to write her new book, A Ray of Light, through which she brings a declaration of hope to the masses. Her life events have resulted in messages of hope to uplift troubled hearts of believers, offer peace to weary minds, and to introduce the path of redemption to the lost. Her book proclaims that in the face of storms, obstacles, or challenges, there is always a ray of light. And I'm going to go right on and introduce my second guest, Janice Pinkney, daughter of Joanne, is a senior executive in the government contracting industry with nearly 20 years of expertise. Her past leadership roles include contract management, finance and accounting, procurement, risk management, and business ethics. She holds a master's certificate in government contracting from George Washington University, a Juris Doctor from the University of Cincinnati College of Law, and she holds a master's and bachelor's degree from Tennessee State University. She is a member of the National Contract Management Association and the National Bar Association. She is active in Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, having served on the executive committee for the past six years. Janice is the founder and chairman of the Ophelia Foundation, a nonprofit she established in 2014 based upon the principle of helping others. Its goal is to create opportunities to provide hope, empower lives, and influence advancement. On July 8th, the foundation held its third annual White Party with a purpose, to raise funds for book bags and supplies for children in need at local schools for the coming school year. Ladies and gentlemen, I welcome my distinguished guest, Ms. Joanne Latimer. Welcome to the Making Inspired Choices radio show. I'm honored to have you as my guest today. Hi, Linda, and hello to your listening audience. Hi, Linda. How are you? We're glad to be here. Thank you so much, Janice. I've wanted to have you as a guest for some time, so I'm so delighted that um, I get to welcome you today. We finally made it happen. <laughs> yes, it's been about a year in the making. <laughs> yes. You are my first mother-daughter guest on the show. And while I want to talk to each of you about your respective projects, um, Joanne, about the Array of Light, your book, Array of Light, and Janice on the Ophelia Foundation, I'm just excited to meld this interview into one for our audience to see the effects of and the nature of your beautiful relationship as well. So let's get started. Joanne, tell us about uh, your growing up years. What were they like? Uh, as you stated in the intro, um, 
Linda, I was born and raised in Gary, Indiana, uh, some mm-hmm. little over half a century ago. <laughs> and <laughs> usually, uh, just to uh, put my two seconds to fame, claim to fame, people ask me the obvious question, uh, did I know the Michael Jackson and the Jackson family <laughs> who all were uh, residents of Gary, and the only thing I can say was uh, when I was in high school, uh, back then there were, I mean, a lot of talent in Gary. So this family mm-hmm. would go around and do talent shows at the high schools, and so they appeared at my high school, and I paid 25 cents before they were discovered. <laughs> so that's claim to claim. <laughs> my collection hey. Um, but I'd like to say my, my childhood, I was uh, I was sometimes I was somewhat sheltered. Um, there were separations between my parents, um, but the neighborhoods, for the most part, were pretty safe. As a young girl, uh, teenage girl, I had to walk approximately twelve blocks, fifteen city blocks, to school. So uh, you could go places and do things, and we're talking the late 50s, early, early to mid-60s. Um, in that era, the families in the neighborhood knew each other within a quarter mile. Mm-hmm. To tell you what, if you got caught being mischievous, they would, you know, speak up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So we had bakeries on the corner. So it was... It was a pretty, it was like we didn't know what we didn't know. We didn't know we were yeah. outcast or, you know, so, but <laughs> I enjoyed being a kid for the most part. Mm, okay. But as I grew older, um, I began to witness the onset of the moral decline and mm. civil rights became a major um, focus in the land, so... Our town was infiltrated with, uh, inner city was infiltrated with hard drugs in the 70s. Um, mm-hmm. Urban blight began to escalate, and so it just went mm-hmm. on from there. Yeah. Um, also, well, we're, Gary, Indiana was approximately 30 to 45 minutes away from Chicago, so we were considered um, like a haven away from that mainstream at the time. Mhm. Mhm. Okay. Um, Jamie, tell us some of what your growing up was like. <laughs> growing up in Gary uh, was really um an interesting time. I think, you know, like mom said, you know, we you didn't know what you didn't know. You know, we grew up mm-hmm. in, in an impoverished, you know, city. You know, it wasn't a 99.9% African-American city. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it was family. You know, you you grow up, we were in a household full of women. You know, there was five Mm -hmm. babies. And um, I'm the oldest of the five, you know. And so, yeah, mom, mom, we watched my mother uh, work really, really hard. You know, there was a period of time where we were in the home with my dad. And um, and then there was a period of time where we had to escape, and then there was a period mm-hmm. of time where we had to just watch, 
you know, my mother hit the hit the pavement, hit the street to make ends meet for her five children, you know, and so while she was out there, um, whether I wanted to or not, I just fell into that role of pseudo mom, you know, for my sisters mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. the caregiver. So you just the instincts are there. You just do what you have to do to help take care of the family. Um, those mm-hmm. those are some happened in the home, outside of home, you know, in school growing up. Um, my class, I'm the class of 1989. I came out of Roosevelt High School in Gary, Indiana. We were a very okay. competitive, very competitive class academically, you know, and so I found, you know, the safe haven in school and in academics um, to get away, you know, uh, to get away from some of the um, – the experiences at home, you know, I fell into music, you know, at a really mm. early age. You know, there was a little bit of gifted and talented in me. Um, I think my mom tried to, to help me explore that. I think I, in the second grade I, I received a double promotion in school, and um, but she didn't <laughs> let me take it <laughs> um, because she wanted me to stay with my class. And then I, I think I went to a couple of creative arts and, and gifted and talented schools for a period of time. And um, but I, I rose and I excelled in music. I played the uh, saxophone. So I like I would like to thank my um, band director, Mr. Ray Phillips, from the sixth and seventh grade on. Um, but you know, uh-huh. music was yeah, he, it was an outlet for me. And I would like to to think that I was the the best. I think I was one of the few female sax players coming up through Gary during that period. Um, but I would like to think oh. I was one of the best sax players coming up <laughs> in the city during that. <laughs> was my that was my outlet so you know growing up you know it was you know it was an impoverished time and area where we lived you know but it it was home and and we just made the best of of what we had absolutely absolutely I think people from across the country have and who have been my guests have similar stories of as you and your mom said you don't know what you don't know um, you're focused on what's in front of you and continuing to move forward uh, despite what may be going on in the greater area. Um, I believe that um, we learn a lot about people by their core values. Um, Jimmy, tell us a few of your core values that drive your life forward today. Well, faith is definitely number one. You know, we we everything else was going on. We were raised in the church, you know. Mm-hmm. So, mom, I don't know if this was in her bio, but she was also the the, the bus driver um, for for church. And so, where she went, we were. Um, although <laughs> all of us in the back seat <laughs> and the church van, but, but we stayed in church, you know. And so that was, uh, I think, that was the foundation. And I would say that was my foundation um, and, and what kept me rooted um, and, and inspiring who I am today. So faith is number one. Mm. Hard work is another thing. Um, you know, we can't get anywhere in life without hard work. You know, there's a lot of yes. get rich quick, get things fast, <laughs> but you get it. Yeah. It's not sustainable without hard work. So hard work would be another top value. Um, in that, you know, it takes patience to walk with God, you know, and so I think patience, yeah. having patience and being able to persevere 
through situations um, are other core values that, that keep me moving forward and inspire, you know, those, um, the change in my life and those around me. Um, mm-hmm. Determination and focus, and I think the, the last one would be integrity. You know, you're, you're as good mm-hmm. as your name and as good as your word. You know, so I think having good ethics in all your doings and, you know, having the ability to walk in love. You don't want to be run over, but you, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, you want to be fierce in all that you do. Um, so those are some of the, the things that I think are um, core values important to me. Mm, beautiful. Thank you. Uh, how about you, Joanne? Tell us a few of your core values. I I um, piggyback on all that Jamise did, did state. Um, before I came to knew the to know Christ in a holiness church, um, I was raised in in a Baptist home. My mom mm-hmm. played uh, gospels, the James Cleveland, the Mahalia Jackson, you know, the good old gospel, the Alberta uh, mm-hmm. Albertina Walker. And mm-hmm. so faith was a um, definitely present uh, core value, but more than mm-hmm. that, respect. And my parents were so fierce with being respectful and uh, obe- you being obedient. And I watched both my parents mm-hmm. uh, utilize hard work in their ethics, and so this became instilled in myself. And when Jamise was referring to um, uh, her growth, you know, after I became an adult um, and and I did get married, there were some spiritual um, advices that I I declined to listen to. Mm-hmm. So as a result, um, I ended up in a very um, trying and challenging relationship. But the mm-hmm. faith was that kept us through it all. So at some point when the marriage and um, me and the children had to uh, move on, there were things that that were just there, solid within me, one one of being not to leave the children in the home because I did mm-hmm. not go out to work and get a job. I, I wasn't on welfare because the child support uh you know, I, I live within the means of the funds that we had. So mm-hmm. those dollars were all we had to live on, which wasn't a lot. But I just did not believe the children should be uh, raised and cared for by other people. Now, that was mm-hmm. the 70s going into the 80s. I know things are different mm-hmm. now. Young mm-hmm. mothers need to, you know, have their children cared for in other methods. So I, with my children until my baby girl was in the first grade where she was in school all day, then mm-hmm. I went to the job. You know, I worked as a cashier. Uh, but before that, see, I had gone to college right out of high school. But mm-hmm. when I began to, um, when I had Jamise, well, that changed my life. So, yeah. and at age 20, I was a mom. And I married mm-hmm. at age 24. The other children came. And so the core values of being uh, consistent, 
the hard work, be the faithfulness of the Lord was still in my heart. And so um, we moved on. You know, we... It carried you, it sounds like. It did. It did. Mm -hmm. Even even after the relationship. And so it was like there was all the sacrifice was making sure that I did not neglect my primary role as a mom. Mm-hmm. And I understand what you're saying. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. You you took that value to heart and applied it uh even in a situation where you um had financial constraints and had to work, you were still um the caring mom. It's I can I can hear. Yeah. Well you you all know that um I've chosen for today's topic, being the change you want to see. And that topic I chose because my sense is that both of you really live by that edict and from everything I've seen of your work. But even before we talk about that specifically, Joanne, I want to get into your new book. Tell us about A Ray of Light. What, I mean, tell us, what the book is about, and what led you to write it. I love it. Thank you so much. Um, and I have to give God the glory, um, Linda. There's there's so much I could say, but I did, um, I did try to narrow down the comments <laughs> to how to really cover as much, but it being relevant. Um, our country... You know, we've gone through a lot of eras of advancement in industry and technology, but mm-hmm. our culture has changed. And mm-hmm. as a result, uh, people find themselves internalizing their frustrations, uh, even after lingering. Um, we 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 encounter things that 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 cause us problems with our health. Uh, there's a breakdown in communications between in relationships. So I began to see these things in the spirit, and it's like, Lord, you know what? What will society become? I mean, how can we as believers uh, regain the control and capture the the leverage to to keep our lives in, intact? And so, mm-hmm. um, and I often refer to the three S's: the stress, the struggle, and the strain. If if we're trying to pursue things in life that's bringing us stress, struggle, and strain, more than likely mm-hmm. the Lord didn't. It. And uh, because He said, "The blessing of the Lord maketh rich and add no sorrow with it." That's in mm-hmm. Proverbs. So yes. Dealing with the mind is where the book began to formulate and bringing peace to the mind, bringing peace to the heart. So the mm-hmm. acronym, the theme the Lord gave me was KISS YOUR MIND. Keep your mind in spiritual sovereignty. Keep the Lord mm-hmm. at the forefront of all that you do, all that you say. Take a moment and just be tender with yourself. Be gentle with yourself. 
and deliberately allow the peace of God to operate. Mm. You know, so a lot of times, uh, huh? I said that's deep. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, you're fine. So, you know, um, that's where the Holy Spirit began to lead me, and uh, the book is not, like, conventional. You know, it's just, like, short uh, proses and messages to try to Mm -hmm. hit and target um, uh, the mindset that causes a lot of people to have dismay and try to lift mm-hmm. them up in their hearts. This, the Lord did not bring us this far to allow us to be overwhelmed. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, so he's given us formulas in the word, and I'm just hoping that this book can serve as a tool that people can use this to reference in certain areas of their lives. Amen. Okay, thank you. Um, Audience, I just want to say I have the book and I've been reading it, and you can go to any section of it and just, as Joanne just said, being tender with yourself. I I really like that expression, Joanne. Um, But you can pick up nuggets that can carry you through stress and and challenges. and we'll talk a little more about the book as we go. Um, I I will just add that your feeling compelled to do something was being the change you want to see. I, I just that's kind of what rose up for me um, as I started to read your book and knowing of uh, Janice's work with the Ophelia Foundation as well. Um, was there was there something particular from your own life, Joanne, that or past experience that you feel kind of positioned you to take pen to paper and write this book? I believe God's hand has been on my life since my childhood. Uh, interestingly, mm. um, in some, Prophetical words have been spoken over me starting at the age of seven. Uh, men and women of God who didn't even know me in various seasons of my life would declare what thus saith the Lord. And I know mm-hmm. there are literally tens of thousands of believers out there listening who have experienced the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but as these declarations Many of them came true to life. My heart and mind uh, was transformed even the more through my own experiences. And God has even used me to speak into the lives of others. And he's revealed how time as we know it will soon change. And so this is already written in the Holy Scriptures. And many believers are distracted by the devices of today and have many times omitted to apply the scriptures that can that can and will bring resolve to many concerns. 
So mm-hmm. there is a source of motivation for why um, the book was written, because, you know, the Word of God has not changed and does not fail. Amen. Amen. Um, you've kind of already answered this, but I did want to ask, what can a reader walk away with, someone who takes this book up, I mean, who seeks it or who run across it, what can they walk away with from reading your book? Um, I sincerely believe anyone who is seeking to hear from God can find a measure of comfort in this book. One thing I live by is, uh, Linda, Mm -hmm. I don't believe in lying to myself about myself. I think when people find excuses or justifications or just a bunch of words to cover or help themselves feel better about themselves, that's where they start getting in trouble. Somebody has to say Mm -hmm. the hard stuff and Mm -hmm. at least say the hard stuff about yourself to yourself. Call it out and, and name it what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that we are not perfect and have flaws and faults, you know, that should not, you know, stop us. We should at least reconcile these things within our own minds and our hearts. Mm-hmm. Then, then take it to the Lord, you know, admit yeah. it in prayer. Because once that process is in motion, it's amazing how, the transformation actually takes place. And so I encourage, the book encourages readers looking for remedies of how to get there, how to get to that stage mm-hmm. right there. Man. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> I, and I agree. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to jump in. I just want to, you know, can you imagine being raised up under this kind of motivation? You know, despite I hear the, it. You know, this is this is the message that's been in our ear since childhood. Mm-hmm. I'm encouraged wow. even just listening to her. She's been a very powerful force, you know, in the direction of our lives. And so I'm excited for her. I hear it. I And I greatly appreciate what you're saying. Yeah. And now she has created um, a record that can be used for generations to come to receive some of that, um, what I call their just like supernatural graces coming down um, when reading this book. So thank you, Joanne, that you didn't keep it to yourself. (laughs) Wow, you. Yeah. Janice, tell us about the Ophelia Foundation, your mission, and, and what prompted you to create the Ophelia Foundation. Wow. So the Ophelia Foundation um, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that mm-hmm. enables opportunities to provide hope, empower lives, and influence advancement. And if you take the first letter of those words, it spells Ophelia. Yes, I love that. We provide hope, empower lives, and influence advancement. So that is the core of that name. 
Um, the foundation, as you mentioned earlier, is based on the principle of helping others. And, you know, the name Ophelia actually means help in Greek. And so learning that revelation was amazing to me, and I think that was God-inspired. I know that it was God-inspired. Yes. Um, yes, the name Ophelia means help in Greek. So if I go back a few years, when I finished law school, I went back home to Gary, Indiana. I worked in the city for a couple of years. And um, mm-hmm. one of the things that one of my best friends and I did, Barry Satterfield, uh, we started a scholarship for, and in the name of one of um, a, another friend of ours who passed away, Keith Bryant. Mm-hmm. Um, and we began to give that scholarship to an eighth grader and a twelfth grader. So mm-hmm. I think that was something of, of my giving, wanting to give back to the community. When I relocated mm-hmm. the D.C. area, you know, that, that small philanthropy continued um, through the hands of my band director I mentioned earlier, Ray Phillips, because at the mm-hmm. time he was director at the middle school for the eighth graders. And then he transitioned over to um, the high school um, where he, um, he worked in some way with the high school that we graduated from. So we continued that for a few years. Then I turned 40 mm-hmm. years old. And when mm-hmm. I turned 40, you know, we had a little party, and instead of gifts, you know, I, I, I said to my the, the guests that instead of you all giving me gifts, and we had invited a 40 or so friends, um, mm-hmm. I had the inspiration to have them donate $40 as opposed to giving it to me or, or giving me some mm-hmm. gifts. 40 of my family and friends donate $40 to help 40 kids go back to school, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in the fall. So that was the beginning of the backpack, helping the kids in the community. Um, You know, I I tried to work with friends of mine who were teachers or educators in the school systems locally from D.C. to Mm -hmm. Virginia, and um, we just began to do that, um, dating back to 2011. And probably Mm -hmm. about 2014, you know, the, the, the desire came to expand that because people were just pouring into that small ministry. And um, we established the Ophelia Foundation um, based on that. The Lord gave me the name um, as a legacy to my grandmother, who's named Ophelia. And coincidentally, my husband's mother was also named Ophelia. And so it just really made sense. I was definitely going to ask you to share that. I love that it's named um, (laughs) after your grandmother and your husband's mother. Mm. And my husband. Ophelia, yes. So this foundation is is not only honoring their legacy and memory, you know, but they were women who helped, um, Mm -hmm. helped the family, your mothers and your grandmothers. Where do you go for comfort? Where do you go Mm -hmm. to lay your head on your shoulders? Where do you go, you know, if no one else treats you or, you know, treats you as an outcast, you know, where do you go to find that comfort? Your grandma. (laughs) You go to your Mm -hmm. mama. And so it just really, um, it just hit home, and it made sense. So we, we began beautiful. that organization. Yeah, we have we have some friends who, who really bought into the vision and the mission that's been with us. So we have our, found, our directors um, currently who are, you know, myself, I serve as chairman, Gil. My husband, Gil Pinkney, mm-hmm. serves as vice chairman. Um, but I, I, I would I have to recognize the the other directors, um, Amanda Benzing, who serves as our corporate secretary, Fawn Coleman, who's been with us. Um, she's also a soror. 
uh, Ray Robertson. Mm-hmm. He serves as our treasurer, Daryl Peak um, as our financial secretary, and then of course Dana Latimer, who's also one of my sisters. Um, mm-hmm. But we 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 are the the core of the of the foundation, and as you mentioned earlier, you know we celebrated our third anniversary. Um, we're celebrating our third anniversary in September, but we had our third annual fundraising um, event this past Saturday um, where, you know, several people come out and they just support us, and we're just grateful for that. You know, so, you know, in, in talking about the grandma and getting together and the mom, you know, we the extension of that name is Feast, you know, so we focus in the areas of, and we spell it P-H-E-A-S-T, uh, where we focus in the areas of poverty, education, arts, sports, and technology. So those are the areas that we try to focus mm-hmm. on from year to year, and um, and we expand on that. And we're Give just us looking that to again, grow. please, uh, Janice. Feast stands P- for. Tell us again. P poverty H mm-hmm. health E education A the arts S sports. And then T for technology. Hmm. Beautiful. Okay. Beautiful. So you know, yeah, that is um, that essentially is um, the the Ophelia Foundation. And I guess the the one other piece that I would like to add and share, you know, some people, you know, when when you start foundations and you know they ask, you know, well, what do you, you know, how did you, you know, come up with this, and what's the mission, and, and where did you, how do you know that this is something that you're supposed to be doing? There's a lot of organizations out there I've been asked. And, mm-hmm. you know, one thing that, that lets me know that I, I am I am purpose, and this is a purpose and a, and a destiny um, for the Ophelia Foundation is um, I was, I, I had the revelation, Linda, and I, I want to share, you know, help mm-hmm. the organization is based on the principle of helping others. And, you know, it, it became very clear to me one one evening, probably two years ago, that, you know, the Lord said, you know, I want you to think about your, your names and who you are. And um, he took me back, ironically, to my senior book. You know, in high school, you know, you have your senior book, all uh-huh. those memories, memoirs you pull together, uh-huh. I had not looked at for years. And then he mm-hmm. said, look at, the, look at the name. And in my senior book, I had written out all of the names that I've had um, since, I, since I was born. And, you know, believe it or not, I've had more than just one name. You know, I was, <laughs> I was my mother's laughing here, but uh, <laughs> I was born, you know, when I was born, you know, in the family sometimes, you know, you just, you just go through. My mom wasn't married when, when, I, when, she, when I was born, and so mm-hmm. my name was um, heel. It was my mother's maiden name, so that was my okay. name at birth. Then my my biological father, mm-hmm. you know, at some point she she changed my birth certificate um, to to his name, and it became Jamise Eskridge. And then when okay. my mother got married, you know, my I was adopted under my stepfather's name, and so then I grew up under the name Jamise Latimer. And then of course mm-hmm. I married. I'm married, and so my current name is Jamise Pinkney. But, Linda, what I want to point out is if you look at the first letter of those last names, so let's go back to the beginning. My birth name is Heal, so the H. My biological name, my paternal name is Eskridge, the E. 
My adopted name, the name that I grew up with is, adopted name is Latimer, the L. Latimer. And my mm-hmm. married name is um, which is the T. So what does that spell? I know. That oh. is that is really something. Isn't that incredible? I, I that tried is to incredible. Here. Yeah, and so in my yearbook, in the book that I, I had written was all of those names spelled out except for Pinckney, obviously, because I just, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm married. Mm-hmm. But it was, I had, for some reason, I guess I knew, um, in high school, you know, I had the wherewithal. Mm-hmm. You just doodling and you just writing out your name, and the Lord showed me that, and that was confirmation for me. So I said, "Bless oh, the Lord. Lord." You know, the Ophelia Foundation is on its way. So I'm very, very thankful for the opportunity mm-hmm. to lead this charge, and um, I'm grateful for our supporters, and we just look forward to doing great things in the community. That is so powerful that you you got a direct, straight message. Isn't that, that is life-changing in and of itself to recognize that. Indeed. I love Indeed. it. Indeed. Mm. Help is the umbrella, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. And, you know, that was the, the single, you know, if it weren't for the people who helped us, Overcome in life in 2000, um, it was 1988 when my mother left, you know, Gary, Indiana to relocate to mm-hmm. Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. You know, we had help. You know, if yeah. it wasn't mm-hmm. for people who, you know, girded her when she was in Atlanta raising my sisters and had to leave me behind, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. if it, mm-hmm. it was help, you know, and so the people who guided me in her absence. My my guidance counselor, Dorothy Means, and my biology teacher, Ms. Ross, you know, if it wasn't mm-hmm. for their, I, I couldn't have a, accomplished the things that I accomplished, you know, and I ended up mm-hmm. graduating at number 20 out of a class of 500 um, in my high school, mm-hmm. you know, and it was the help is, is, is what has sustained and kept us moving forward. Amen. That is so beautiful, Janice. And I know someone listening out there is uh, tucking that into their heart. Um, purpose and destiny that the Lord revealed to you. And, and it, it's so, uh, it so beautifully opens up to why your very principle is helping others. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Um, well, you know, again, I chose today's topic, being the change you want to see. Um, you all know it's not just about personal change that serves your own life, but it's about believing in something enough to step up to be a leader, a trailblazer or a change agent that inspires others by what you do. And just with what you've shared, both of you have shared, I'm inspired. Um, Sometimes we can get so embedded, though, on doing things the way they've always been done, or we kind of see things in the prism of it's just done this way, that we're on autopilot and we can miss opportunities to be creative and uncover new or more innovative ways to make an impact. Joanne, what do you think about that? You know, sometimes we're what I kind of think of as a flick at the wheel, so to speak. 
Yes, that that topic is so on point with all of what Janice has been saying and in tune with the book. Um, being the change. So I'm I'm one of those people that like to um, target the definitions of certain words that stand out and the mm-hmm. opening word being that's an that's an action word. Just do it. <laughs> like Nike yes. says, be the change. And, yes. and in uh, uh correlation with that, God gave me so be the fruit dispenser. Be the fruit dispenser. Mm-hmm. Go to Galatians five, twenty two, twenty three, where Apostle Paul talks about the fruit of the spirit. So mm-hmm. it's our charge to be love, be joy, be peace, be patience, yes. be kindness, be goodness, be faithfulness, be gentleness, be self-control. Mm-hmm. Be those things. How we mm-hmm. all can be effective and impactful in the lives of others. It doesn't cost mm-hmm. you anything to smile and use a kind voice to the cashier that's struggling with some unruly customer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when it's your turn, congratulate them on how they handled the situation. Mm. A fruit dispenser. I love that. A fruit dispenser. Wow. Awesome. I love and it that. Makes it makes a change. We as believers, we... We have the authority to control the atmosphere where we are. We are the ambassadors of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. We control mm-hmm. the domain where our feet stand. Wherever our feet are, we have all of the power from the promises of the word to speak to the matter and see the change. In a long line where there seems to be the tempers or whatever, you know, the kind voice, the speaking from the spirit of love, but, you know, it all starts within us. It starts within us. Yes. We have to, we don't have to grumble. It's the same, it's it's the same adage as seeing the glass half full or half empty. What side are you on? Yes. Yes. All comes down to a choice. It does. And you talk so beautifully about that in the book. I love that. You know, it is about a choice. One of the reasons I have, you know, I was led to call this show Making Inspired Choices because when we rely on the power of the Holy Spirit, we can make the choices that align us with God's will. And as Jimmy said, with our purpose and our destiny, Um. I love that, Joanne, though, in terms of, you know, if we just practice being the fruits of the Spirit in our daily walk, the people that we could uplift or encourage. I'm all tingly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Janice, in this broadcast, you all have heard me say um, the whole premise is to brought to provide uplift and encouragement to our listeners. Because there are people out there, whatever they're going through, they feel they're the only one. No one else has had the challenges or hardships. And you have already talked some about the challenges of growing up in terms of um, 
you know, a single parent mom for much of it and raising um, or I should say helping to kind of steer your baby sisters. Um, I particularly like to have guests share their own stories of faith because it does encourage our listeners. Um, As you look back, is there a period in your family life or career or your foundation work when you found yourself facing what seemed like insurmountable challenges? And if so, (laughs) tell us what role faith played in your overcoming the challenges. Well, one of the first things I would I would share is, you know, people tend to look today at the glory, what appears to be the glory, without yes. asking the story. You know, no yes. one asks the question about, you know, where did you come from? How did you get here? They look at you today mm-hmm. and they think that it automatically, it just happened, poof, and here we are. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. and so they're, they're I, I, you know, I think if you sit people down and just talk about, their journey and where they came from, you know, mm-hmm. people would be really amazed, you know, at where God brought you from. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm definitely one of those persons. You know, I think one of the first instances, um, the challenges when I think back is when I when I finished high school and I had to go off to college. And, mm-hmm. you know, my mother, I, and she can tell you better, I don't know if she asked a friend, hired someone or, to, to take me from Atlanta to Tennessee State to drop me off a band. But all I knew was I had five scholarships in one pocket, and I had a, a, a bag with a set of new sheets and one outfit in the other. And that was it. You know, and mm-hmm. so you get to campus and you think, well, Lord, you know, I, I, I have to do something. And, um, and I'm trusting in you to get me through. And, you know, mm-hmm. when my mother came back to Tennessee State, it was when I graduated from college. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if she really thought that I – I knew she she knew I could do it, but she mm-hmm. was trusting God like I was trusting God to do it, and he did mm-hmm. it. So, you know, that was probably the beginning of that faith walk because I was dropped off, and that was it. You know, now it was me yeah. and him. Um, you know, and so that that was an encouraging and, and an inspiring time, you know, in wanting, and I saw the change I wanted to become, you know, beyond I coming up as a kid even, you know, with the challenges in the home, with my dad, things that happened, mm-hmm. you know, I would look at the window and washing dishes, and I can just see that there's a world bigger than Gary, Indiana. It has to be, you know, and that was my and focus to get beyond that moment. If I can live through the moment, I can mm-hmm. get through the moment, you know, mm-hmm. and that inspired I me. Mean, that was Those were inspiring times. I would say the next time that, you know, there's been a lot of challenges that I've overcome throughout my life, but I think mm-hmm. the greatest, the next greatest faith step for me was when I finished law school, went back home, and needed to make the change. And, Lord, where am I going? What's my direction? Am I staying mm-hmm. here? Where am I going? What do I do? And I I don't know if I bought the ticket. My sister would probably say she bought the ticket, but <laughs> it was a one-way ticket to go to D.C. And, and, and my really? friend would say, Jamise, I gave you, I'm giving you my, my, my military bag 
I filled it up. Whatever didn't make the bag didn't go. The little young man who took me to the airport, he said, Mr. Meese, I just can't believe it. I can't believe you're going to a new place. <laughs> and what are you going to do? <laughs> I don't know. But when the plane lands, the Lord is going to guide me, mm-hmm. you know, to a place. He's going to do it. I have to just do this. I had a one-way ticket, October the 14th, 2004, mm. left everything mm. else behind. I said, Lord, I'm trusting you to make a difference in my life, and you'll tell me, you know, that you'll show me the direction. And that's what I did. I came here, and I haven't looked back. So I would say to the wow. listeners there who are listening, you know, it takes faith. You know, if you if you believe it, you can achieve it. If you can see it, you can do it. You know, yeah. and my and that's been my my mantra. And and my faith has carried me um, from play to play. Wow, that is uh, quite a testimony, Shamiz. That's what I call active faith. You know, people can have faith when they know what's around the corner or when they sit in a in a uh, assurance of earthly resources. But when you're stepping out with the unknown, not sure what or how, but knowing that God is going to work it out. He's going to work it out, you know. And I would mm-hmm. say the, the, the latest <laughs> leap of faith is, you know, hanging up my corporate shingles, you know, mm-hmm. on July 5th yeah. and becoming my own CEO on July 6th of 2017. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I'm believing, trusting God that, you know, he's, you know, I know he's done it. I know he can do it. I'm believing that, you know, we are just going to, you know, carry this faith, you know, into the into the clouds. And I, I'm so thankful. Amen. 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 I I know that uh, someone's listening. Well, God already ordains who needs to listen on any given show, so I know there's someone who needs to hear that today, um, and they just need to receive it. Uh, Joanne, tell you have described some of you know what challenges you faced over over your lifetime, but um, you're a Bible teacher, a successful author, but I know you face very tough. Um, seasons in life, and I'd love for you to share an example of how faith has allowed you to overcome a, a difficult trial period in your life. Yes, ma'am. Uh, Linda, there's a multitude of life events I can draw from. Um, my babies were my life, you know, and having to see them especially the hurdle that Jamise was faced with was one of the most excruciating times. Um, But, you know, it's like I have to reflect on the mindset. That core value down inside of you in the face of whatever's standing before you. I have found that being a true believer, our life's journey will include trials and tribulations. Yes, they will. Uh, as well as valley experiences mm-hmm. and even some sufferings because mm-hmm. Jesus said 
and it was written by the apostles Peter and Paul. It's how we translate and interpret these circumstances that impact the outcome. And this is what authenticates and validates our faith. Everything, everything has a root. Getting to the source is critical to the outcome. And you have to filter the matter through the Holy Spirit. You have to ask yourself, is this happening to me for righteousness sake or mm. is it because is it because I'm reaping? Because we do reap what we sow. Okay. So every individual has to analyze and examine their own lives to see if they really are in the faith. So rather mm. than say a lot of stories that I've experienced and it's it's no um it's not a problem because I like I told you in our phone our pre interview phone conversation that mm-hmm. this 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 questionnaire is, is inspiring me to, to ramp up for the next book where I will yeah. and tell the stories of the hardcore stuff where, you know, the flight when when we said we had to run away, we had to run mm-hmm. away. That would be a great school PMZ, Linda. PMZ. PMZ. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and uh, Jamie, hurry up and put the children on the bus. We got to go now, you know. So wow. those can come we, and will come. But, um, and, you know, in discovering um, uh, the day that after we – Ran away six months later. I learned my daddy was in the nursing home. I had to go back to Indiana because I had run away to mm-hmm. Illinois, only to find out um, I needed to let my um, my husband know that I'm not going to be in fear anymore. I'm I'm dropping fear yes. to you. So while these words were pouring out of my lips, a doorbell. Mm-hmm. The doorbell rang, and he asked me to open the, go answer the door, and it was a lady from the Department of Children's Services who had come to remove my children out of the home because she had been, it had been reported there had been child molestation in my home. And oh, so that's Lord. very, um, it, it, it gets, that, that was a challenge of faith. That oh, was my. a, it was a it was a timely move of God because other than that incident in that moment of time, I would not have known that one of my children had even experienced that. Mm-hmm. So yes, yes, ma'am. And do I think I reaped anything to bring that on my child? In some ways, yes, because I had been warned: do not marry this person. So the hard stuff, Linda. I keep repeating yeah. that you you have to face the hard stuff with yourself mm-hmm. inside yourself. Don't lie to yourself. Take it to the wow. Lord. And he, you know, and what's so amazing is God will never judge. He will receive you when you repent. He will receive you back in fellowship with Him. Yes, nothing is too that, nothing is beyond His forgiveness. 
nothing is beyond his forgiveness. And some of us, in our daily walk, we have the burdens of some things or some choices we made at some point in the past that if we would take it to the Lord, he would relieve us of that burden and we would be able to walk in fellowship with him and and walk more lightly in the world. Those burdens would be off of us. Oh, well, you know what? Linda, I've eagerly. Let me just say real quickly, I eagerly await book, next book, because uh, A Ray of Light is inspiring. It is truly inspiring. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Joanne. Oh, I'm sorry. It's just that I, the spirit, I'm quickly convicted that um, the comment that he, the forgiveness of everything, but there is something that's un- beyond forgiveness and it's blaspheming the Holy Spirit, but we won't get, go all into that. Mm. Yes, I hear you. I hear you. Well, it's it's not taking the Holy Spirit for granted, not taking the power of uh, God's grace for granted, you know, while we live in the natural realm, because he knows the heart, right? Yes, ma'am. Amen. Well, I am... I am going to ask if you all will just bear with. I want to open up the phone lines so that if there are callers out there who want to get in on this meaningful, inspiring conversation, I want to let them do so. Uh, I just thank both of you for everything that you've poured out to us up to this point. Audience, I hope you are as moved by what you're hearing from Joanne Latimer and her daughter, Janice Pinckney, as I am. I want to have uh, you all just call, join us, get in on this conversation. Just tell us what's on your mind. Um, In what area in your life is it time for you to be the change you want to see? Call us right now with your comments or questions at one 646 Seven one six nine three nine seven. That's one six four six seven one six nine three nine seven. Of course, I've got some more uh, questions for you, ladies, as we wait for callers. Um, I observe that you two, you know, through your respective initiatives. You both have a desire ultimately to provide hope to those who are troubled. As I've heard what you shared, I understand even more why your hearts are, um, why your hearts lean toward those who are troubled or those who need help. The big point that I want the audience to receive is neither of you stayed on the sidelines and said, somebody should do something. You got to work. You both took action. Um, Joanne, what would you offer to someone? I want to ask both of you. What would you offer to someone who cares about an issue, they're passionate about certain things based on their own life experience, but they're standing on the sidelines today? What would you offer to them? Um, going back to the topic, being the change you want to see, first of all, Linda, 
mm-hmm. have to realize that our words are seeds. <laughs> okay? Seeds grow. Good seeds grow, but guess what? Bad seeds grow. So mm-hmm. to change, you have to speak it. And when we speak it, we are propelling it into the destiny of where we want it to manifest. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to do something, say something in the moment expecting to see it. We just have to believe that God is going to bring someone to water it, but at the but at, when it's all said and done, it's for his glory because he's the one going to give Amen. the increase. So Amen. we have to, you know, God said, let Truth. there be. <laughs> and here we are. Say it again. Say it again, God, God said, let there be. And mm. here we are. Amen. Amen. Janice, what are your thoughts about that um, for someone who is saying somebody should do this or somebody should do that, but they are standing on the sidelines? What would you say to them? Well, there's a song that I, I absolutely love that's written by Matthew West, and the song simply says, do something. And if I can quote some of his lyrics, you know, the second verse in his song, the entire song is powerful, but there, the second verse says, I'm so tired of talking about how we are God's hand and feet, but it's easier to say than to be, live like angels of apathy who tell ourselves, it's all right, somebody else will do something. Mm-hmm. Then it says, well, I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of life with no desire. I don't want a flame. I want a fire. And I want to be the one who stands up and says, I'm going to do something. And so in taking those lyrics in that song, I've made a decision to stand up and be one of those who's doing something. And when I look at the work of the foundation, for example, you know, one of my, one of the proudest moments I think we've shared is when we go, we take those book bags and we give those, um, school supplies, those reading materials to these third and fourth graders, these middle schoolers, these high school students. And we we impart and we're giving them something that, that's going to help encourage them and encourage them to move forward throughout the school year. You know, mm-hmm. that's empowering. We had a parent mm-hmm. tell us that, you know, I had to make a decision between buying my child's school supplies or a pair of shoes. You know, because we were able to make that contribution, you know, they then were able to buy their child that pair of shoes. And so it's moments like those where, you know, I say, I'm so glad that we're doing something. It may not be a lot, but we want to make the foundation tangible. People can see directly where their money is going. You know, we're Mm -hmm. giving scholarships. The first year we gave scholarships. We had the, the scholarship recipients and their parents um, that attended our event this year, and it's, it's just an amazing work. Um, and those are, are, are moments where I feel like, you know, I'm glad we're doing something. Amen. You know, um, <clears throat> I, I just 
have the picture coming to mind of, you know, the stone that's dropped in the water and the ripple, the ripple that goes out beyond what we even see, you know. And when when you're being the change you want to see, it's just an exponential effect, you know. One day down the road, someone who you touched and poured that love into today will be telling, you know, it may be 20 years from now, they may be telling the story of the difference that made in their lives and all of their desire to be the change they want to see and to do something. So I love I love the uh, ripples that will will uh, go across communities and, and uh, districts, regions of the nation by what you all are doing. <clears throat> you told us about one of your proudest moments, um, or you said that that is really one of the most things you're most proud of when you all go in action with the, the proceeds pouring right back into those young people. Um, Joanne, what is one of your proudest moments, would you say, since you've written your book? Uh, wow. Um, I find, I, I really struggle finding words to express how I feel about my, my five girls. Jamise did, she's the trailblazer. You know, but when we were all in Atlanta, I have to give kudos to two of my daughters are identical twins, Denise and Dana. And so Dana was inspired to just leave Atlanta unannounced and start a new life in Virginia, Arlington, Virginia. Uh, God (laughs) prospered her, and the rest is history. So... um, I have a a daughter um, who decided to become a successful mom. I told her just not so long ago, I'm like, you know what, you're the most like me in the way that we came. She's got this awesome skill for cooking and raising her family, and she's in Charlotte. Then my uh, other independent daughter who's married and well they're all married but except for Dana she's mm-hmm. aged but um um Maya no Denise. the twin Denise in Nashville mm-hmm. she's um she's got her entrepreneurial spirit up and running and okay. then um but I I'm going to say the word last only because it's a physical fact <laughs> was the best child I gave birth to, but this is a superstar, you know, in the Kansas City area with her City Girls Beauty Salon. Shout out to City Girls and all of the uh, clients, clientele she's built over the years, and so she's bringing up the rear with success, and God is using the anointing in her hands to uh, be that that ultimate stylist. So mm. I, you know, my, looking at them every day, listening to them every day, being a part of what mm. they do every seven beautiful grandchildren, the two awesome little great-grandchildren, I mean, 
I, I'm, I'm, I'm speechless, breathless, and just totally humbled. And I think, wow. Linda, one thing I yes. want to add to that, you know, when the Bible talks about, you know, and you will see your children's 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 children. Isn't you know, that I, something? Yeah, I look at her life, and, you know, she's able, she's now able to, although she experienced ash in her early days, you know, God yes. is faithful. Her latter days are far better than her former days, and she's now experiencing the beauty. It's been a substance, the ash has yes. been a substance for beauty, and she's seeing her children's children's now children, as a great-grandmother, yes. grow up, um, which is a beautiful thing to see. And it's a testament to, to God's grace even over her life. So Absolutely. And the Lord, the, 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 and, and he just brought it to me. So the blessing, the, the, the thing I'm proud of right now, the Lord inspired me in the last 30 days to be a, le- a living, to leave my legacy while I'm alive. And that, and what that is, you know, it's traditional to have something to leave behind to the family and, and finance and mm-hmm. what have you. But God has given me and inspired me to do that while I'm here. So whatever Amen. I do to make their lives, enrich their lives, lift their lives in any kind of way, that's that's my living legacy. To, to my Amen, family. And that's Joanne. the thing I'm proud of right Let's, now. Beautiful. Let me take a caller. Um, we have a caller at 703-514-PREFIX. Caller, press 1 and you're live with us. Um, caller, mute your, mute your computer, though, please. And then press 1 and you're live. I'm holding on. We have a little feedback there. But we call her at 703-541-PREFIX. Yes, hi. Can you hear me? Call her at 703-514-PREFIX. I heard you say hi. Can you hear me? You may need to turn your volume up. Yes. Hi. Hi. Are you there? I'm sorry. We're having a technical. I'm going to ask that caller to try to call back. Um, I'm sorry about that. 703-541-PREFIX. Try to call us back, please. Um, And to others of you who are out there maybe trying to get in on our conversation, if there is some technical difficulty or the phone is ringing and um, I'm not getting to you, I really apologize. Maybe there is something going on with the uh, network. Um, 
while we're waiting for other callers, um, I love what you just shared, uh, Joanne, with regard to living your legacy right now um, and in all of the ways that you are lifting and, and being a part of your family, your daughter's lives. Janice, tell us what are a couple of your mother's most helpful life lessons to you. I know she's a living testament, but anything in particular that you've taken from her uh, from her living, what you've watched? Yes. I think, um, you know, Kiss, she said it earlier, she's always mm-hmm. raised to keep our minds in spiritual sovereignty. Keep the mm-hmm. word first. No matter what happens in your life, no matter the circumstance, no matter what's going on, the word has an answer. And if you can, mm-hmm. you know, word, search the word, you have to know the word. Um you, you, you find the peace and the answer right there, you know. And so, and, and this is how, you know, she raised us to, to live our lives. So no matter how far we get out there, she's going to bring us right back. <laughs> with the word. And, you know, the flesh doesn't want to hear that all the time. Right. And it's so easy to try to tune her out, you know, but uh-huh. the Bible is so true when it says, raise up a child in the way he should go, and when we Amen. grow old, we'll depart from it. And I think all of my sisters, and, you know, could attest to that, and the grandchildren, because she meets mm-hmm. with them on Sunday before, you know, she and <laughs> the grandchildren, you know, they're you know, young, young, but she, she, they're hearing it from her as well. So I'm thankful for that oh, because beautiful. without it, we wouldn't be where we are. We just wouldn't be. Amen. We've got our caller back. I hope we'll be able to connect this time. Caller at 703-541-PREFIX. Press 1 and you're on live with us. And Good morning, uh, Linda and you guests. Lonnie Williams here. How are you today? Yes, I'm great. How are you? They're outstanding. Uh, it's certainly a pleasure to hear the dialogue that's going on, to hear the real grassroots type of conversation that uh, everybody needs to hear. Y'all having church here on the air this morning. Hi, Lonnie. Uh, <laughs> hi. Uh, let me uh, just ask about how you – a lot of, lot, of pieces, lot of pieces of the map – that everybody uh, does at their own pace, at their own rate. They study the Bible, go to Bible study, they attend church, they do a lot of things. Uh, they sing, and the song that uh, I think is Shemise, that was reading the words, the lyrics to it a little earlier. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look that up myself and try it out in uh, Antioch. Uh, Amen. Do something. Uh, yeah, but look, uh, what? But what part does devotion fit into your plan for being the changes you want to see, and everybody has their own uh, method for that and in their own home with their family and things like that. Uh, can you just talk about that for a minute, and I'll uh, I'll listen in.
to worship unto him, I think that's 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 a necessary given. Um, we can never outgrow the need to come together to acknowledge and worship the Lord. And I'm not talking about church as usual. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about doing business as usual. Unfortunately, we see a lot of that in today's society around the country. But I, one thing I'm convinced of, God has not left this generation void of genuine of genuine believers, of genuine praisers. So Amen. I be the glory. And, and for me, Harlani, yeah, I mean, you know, devotion is um, it, it, it is a wake-up call. You know, from the time you open your eyes, it's thank you, Lord. You know, I'm glad I can put my feet on the ground today. Every Amen. day. Amen. <laughs> you know, throughout. Uh, that's throughout. a shout. Yeah, yes. it is. Yes. 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 the work. No, it's just, you know, Amen. thank you, Lord. I have the angels are encamped around me. Yes. You know, I'm at work today. I got this struggle. Lord, how do I get out of this situation? Lord, I'm on my way home, and I just saw an accident. I'm praying for that, that you know, that nothing harmed the people who were just in an accident. Lord, I got an issue with my work. You know, how do I All right. The- All right. All right. You know, it's a, you have the relationship with him. It's Hello. easy. Relationship. You know, so it's, it's having that relationship with God and, you know, that, that higher power, you know, that's going to carry you. And so I think for me, I Amen. think both of us, he's raised us, you know, that becomes a part of life and who you are. So it's Praise a safe God. Yeah. That's devotion. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you. God bless you. For, thank uh, you so in. much. Got, them, got me fired up over here. Pre-care. Praise Amen. God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank you so much right. for calling back. Um, again, audience, I just want you to, I know it's so much to take in. This mother-daughter dynamo team has just poured so many nuggets. Uh, I'm taking notes, and I hope you are too. Um, The phone lines are still open for this last few minutes. If you want to make a call or comment, dial us right now at one. 646-716-9397. 646-716-9397. Oh, we have a call from my favorite caller. Caller at 703-887. Press 1 and you're on live with us. <laughs> well, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Well, as the previous caller said, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling some church up in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Amen. you know. Well, first let, let me say, um, uh, Coach Lennon, you, you do have two uh, superb guests on the show today, and uh, the message they're bringing regarding being the change you want to see is very profound. And hopefully, um, many who are listening now and who will listen later will be moved by it in such such a great way. I want to congratulate you, Ms. Latimer, on, on your book, your publication. Uh, I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I will put it on my list. Thank you so much for enlightening us with, with those words. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And, and, and uh, yeah, Ms. Pinkney, thank you, too, for, for following so well in, in the – the, the footwork that your mom has, has placed there for you and, and for what you're doing in the world. Great, great stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I commend you for that as well. I certainly Amen. do. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. One, one question so I want to ask. 
Jewel, uh-huh. can, I, can I ask one quick question, please? Yes. One, one question I want to ask the both of you is, um, so, you know, many of our churches today, we, we find um, folks of, of, of later, later years and, of course, the, the, the young ones who, have, who are brought there by their parents. But the group I'm concerned about are in between the 22, 23 to, you know, uh, maybe late 30s, um, you know, finish. How, how do you see that we, you know, can go about bringing more of those folks back into in, to the church? And I'll have to ask you all to be just give me a brief answer because we're almost out of time. But thank you, caller. That's sure, my husband. That's why I say he's my favorite caller. <laughs> um, okay, this is Jimmy. Jimmy, I'll um, take you. this one. Thank you so much for that question. Well, you know, let me just give a shout out to Dr. Decker Tapscott of Faith Christian Church International Outreach Center, who's my pastor in Warrington, Virginia. Um, you know that that is a that is a crowd. I'm, I fall into that age group. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I think you know if if the, the the ministries, you know, if they are they're they're bringing the word, they're 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 preaching the faith um, that the word is giving. You know, the ministries to deliver, the pastors to deliver. Um, you know, I think, and people are just being real in their delivery. Mm-hmm. I think it keeps us keeps our attention and it, it keeps us wanting to be a part of something greater than ourselves. Um, you Amen. do have church, the older, you know, the older um, saints, and then you have the younger, younger generation. And it, it can be a challenge at times to, you know, how do you Jimmy, break a Jimmy, of, I'm sorry. This is awful, but we are at our last couple of minutes. The show's going right. to end. Thank you. Thank you, Thank audience, you. and be blessed. 